Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Behind the Journey. This is the show of myself and Sam Spencer discuss all the things going on my business journey. And today we talk about the town funds, what a entrepreneur reminded me about my journey and much, much more. So uh, another crazy week of me running around like a headless chicken, trying to keep the dream alive. Um, I was in, this is going to sound really weird, anyone who follows me on Instagram would have seen that I was in a really weird place, when I say weird um, for impact, but it was a lovely place, I suppose, uh, called Mablethorpe yesterday, having some fish and chips. Now the reason I was there was because I'm part of something called the Town Fund, which is a government initiative where they're trying to invest up to 25 million pounds uh, for uh, town centers that need to be, um, they call it leveling up, to try and take them to to, to a further uh, location. Now I'm on the board for Mablethorpe and Skegness, which are two East Coast areas uh, that need some leveling up. Um, now what I decided to do, which, um, you know, luckily I have someone called Bradley McKenney that works very close with me, you may know my business partner, who is a, basically a nerd for detail. So I put this on Brad's desk. I said, Brad, look, I'm going to Mablethorpe for Skegness. Give me some concepts. Give me some ideas. Needed some cool research to find out different uh, coastal towns that have done some amazing developments and the ways they can move Mablethorpe and Skegness further forward. So I went into this meeting with loads and loads of, of content, loads and loads of in-depth knowledge about Margate and Banksy and the um, something called they call the low-wage, low-skilled equilibrium. This is also that Brad put on my desk, which is amazing. You're just regurgitating Brad's words. 100%. I bet you had a very fun weekend. It was brilliant. It was like four pages. And um, so I thought, okay, before I go there, I've never been to Mablethorpe before, but I'm on this board. So I better go and discover what Mablethorpe's really about. So I bowled down to Mablethorpe. I pull in the co-op, which has two hours free parking, uh, which anyone who knows uh, supermarkets, to give someone two hours free parking in a town centre means that there's not much car parking uh, space issues so i park in there i wander out i see a, i see a lass and i say excuse me um where's the best fish and chip shop because i thought look i'm in maywellthorpe i've got to try their fish and chips so she goes oh don't go that place it's crap go to this one salties so i'm like yes love so i bowl to salties i sit down there i sit on a uh, a six person table by myself because the only place for the plug socket for my for my laptop and i start doing work lovely lady comes across to me i say to her look I want to, what should I go for? She goes, go for the haddock and chips and mushy peas. I was like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely star, beautiful. And I said to her, what's that to do with Mablethorpe? And she laughed. She laughed at me. She said, <laughs> and I said, no, I'm seriously. She goes, well, we've got a beach. I was like, okay, kind of issue here, number one. So now I have a lovely fish and chips. I walk out. I ask a random geezer. I say, oh, mate, what's that to do with Mablethorpe? But he didn't even say anything. He just walked past me. He kind of ignored me. Uh, and then I went to this meeting, which was in uh, a place called Sutton-on-Sea, which is a... Um, a, uh, a kind of town centre in between Skegness and Mablethorpe and we're in this really fancy hotel uh, and I walk in and there's 40 people around this board table and uh, I'm the youngest by 20 years I reckon uh, at least 15 years but the average age of the room is probably 55 and uh, big point keeps coming up how do we get young people to, to live in Mablethorpe because young people are the life of an economy let's bring them through let's keep them here well, he said the big issue we have in Mablethorpe is young kids come they leave and there was probably a discussion for half an hour about this, and uh, rightly so. Young people really are the, the future for any town or city. Um, so I kind of sat there, kept nice and quiet. Um, people probably think, who's this young kid in the room? You know, why is there someone you know really young in the room? Uh, and I get to a point where I'm thinking, okay, this is a bit ridiculous now. I've got all this data that Brad's given me. I've done my research at Mablethorpe. I've asked the public, and uh, I just instantly said, why would a young person stay here? 
and 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 you know i feel pro- like a lot of people wouldn't like that they question. hated it because you've got the mabel thorpe's getting their lifeblood in the room and, and right so they're really passionate about the town uh, and this outsider me is saying why would you stay here um now the, the the problem I I I have a I have two issues with with my life. The number one is that I'm so direct, right? I'm so direct that it, it sometimes comes across as rude, and because I'm so direct, it annoys a lot of people. Um, but in any debate, any boardroom meeting, anything, you have to say what you're what you're thinking because there's far too much wooling around. There's far too much people uh, saying what they want people to hear. And normally in these board meetings, there's a lot of discussions. You normally get two. I think it's a three hour meeting. Uh, around the people, everyone's saying the same thing, but in different words. Uh, so I wanted to cut through it. So I said, why would a young person want to be in Mablethorpe? Someone looked at me like, what, what's he saying about? I was like, you've got to give a reason for someone to stay here. You can't just say young, young people need to be here. Why? Well, it's, I think they shouldn't take things so literally because we say the same thing about Lincoln. Like it's, yep. I say most major cities, that well, a lot of major cities are fine, but most of them, people don't have a reason to stay anyway. So I drew out, and this is perfect. You said this. I drew out on my, on my bit of on my iPad. I put Mablethorpe, Lincoln, Nottingham, Manchester, London. Right. Rank them one to five. <laughs> and what what I meant by that is that people who live in Mablethorpe probably want to move to Lincoln. People who live in Lincoln want to go to Nottingham. People who live in Nottingham will want to go to Manchester. People who live in Manchester want to go to London. And there's always a stage. Now there's a point where you'll be like, actually, I'm happy in Lincoln. Or actually, I'm happy in Nottingham, where you won't want to go to Manchester or you won't want to go to London. There's always that point. But the problem with Mablethorpe and these small towns is people really want to get out of there and go to the next one up. Quite often or not. Now, we can hold people in Lincoln and go, look, we're going to do great things in Lincoln. It's coming on the up. You can be part of this wave. You can inspire people at that point. But unfortunately, some are going to go to Nottingham. And then you can try and say, oh, Nottingham's a great place. It's got good rail networks. You can try and hold them there. But some of them will go to Manchester, right? My point is, we have to create an inspiring message for Mablethorpe, that it's a place that's on the up and up, the place that's going to be lifted up and create a great sense of urgency. We can't just say, why are people leaving Mablethorpe? But we no, we can't say, we want young people in Mablethorpe without giving a reason to stay in Mablethorpe. And I said, look, the other issue we have is a level of passion, right? Now, some people in Mablethorpe you'll walk up to and they'll say, look, oh, Mablethorpe's a lovely place, great beach. But some people, the people I encountered said, there's nothing to do in Mablethorpe, right? So there's issue number one from a marketing and communication perspective is let's get the people of Mablethorpe loving Mablethorpe again. Let's get them inspired. Let's get them to understand this on the up and up. You're not in Mablethorpe because it's the end of your life. You're in Mablethorpe because it's the start of your life because we're going to inspire you. So I kind of did this little rant and rage and people kind of instantly looked at me like, who is this kid for a start? Why is he criticizing Mablethorpe? Actually, he has a fair point. And from that point, I got lots of questions kind of thrown back to me and I was kind of put my hand up and giving more insights. And, and the reason I bring that story is for two reasons. First of all, never be scared to put your neck on the line, right? Because in the long run, it'll work out in your favor. Long run, it'll work. But second of all, when you're the new person in the room, right? When you've got these average age 50, maybe, uh, who are, are the senior people in government, your MPs in the room, councils in the room, big business owners in the room, etc. When you're the young gun, you have to stick your head above the parapet, right? And, and the reason I say that is because I could have sat there, made my notes and left. And the next time I come, I came, I could make my notes and leave, right? But I'll be known as the note taker, right? I'm not here to be known as a note taker. I'm here to be known as the guy that's going to bring a level of uh, passion to the room. That's going to give a level of direction to the room. Uh, that's going to be a, a valuable board member. Um, and for me, making an impact early on 
you know, Brad gave me all these stats. So when people are saying, oh, Margate really worked because of the train network, I can go, actually, it wasn't the train network. It was because Banksy came along and he did that really lovely piece which then created more artists to come around. It became the art city. And in fact, in Margate itself, they give you discounted rents and um, and uh, um, letting ability if you're an artist because they want more artists to come to Margate. They didn't know this. I only knew it because Brad found out for me, but I knew this stuff. So when I'm bringing this information to them, they now see me as a source of information and knowledge. And now I'm valuable. So at any point, obviously, you say that you were challenging a lot of topics you think they wouldn't like to talk about. Did it backfire at all? Or did it? Or was it after the initial like, jump in the cold water, they were actually like, okay, this guy's got a point? Or were I there think, any bits um, where... a few people obviously were annoyed straight away. But when they... This is the thing. When you say things with passion, conviction, and belief... People understand that it's coming from a sense of a sense of of, of 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 wellness. Now, look, me saying there's nothing for young people to do in, in Mablethorpe is not going to be a popular statement. But when I justify why I'm saying it, people understand. Now, of course, 25% of the room is going to be like, well, who is this young kid who thinks he knows what he's talking about? But you may win 75% of the room. And, you know, someone came up to me at the end and said, we need to, we need to chat. Two people next to me said, nice to meet you, gave me a card. You know, a lot of, I got a few texts afterwards. One text, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, bring it up, said, la, 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 end of it, if you're jumping off the pier, I'm coming with you. Basically saying, you've got this, I'll back you the whole way. When you stick your neck up above the parapet, I'm there to support you. Because they knew that I was just doing what's for the greater good. And I think that far too many of these board meetings, I've seen a lot of board meetings uh, now as we're, getting, as we're getting further on this business journey where you can literally waste five hours of your life and you leave, and no action points get made, nothing gets done. And this normally happens in uh, the public world. So, you know, like, not the private sector. Private sector is more, you know, driven. We're here to get paid. We make, we make sure that we deliver. Whereas public sector is a bit more, uh, a bit more woolly. Uh, and that's why a lot of these big board meetings now have people in the private sector in there, because they come in there, and they run it like a private organization, which is, I ain't here to sit here for four hours and talk about nothing. I'll give you my impact and input. So, Really good meeting. It kind of went the right direction. The chair lady was amazing. It's going the right direction. And I'm just glad that I stuck my neck above the parapet. And I recommend anyone who's looking at growing an agency or a business to try and get on some of these boards because it connects you with lots of, of uh, really experienced people. Uh, and, and you have the chance to, to get your voice heard. And if you make impact, you'll make some real good connections, which is what I did, which I, what I did yesterday. And I had a lovely fish and chips. Yeah, I was quite jealous I didn't get to come because I would have looked forward to some fish and chips, to be fair. It was mint. Especially by the seaside. It just seems very apt, doesn't it? Yeah. I didn't even go on the beach, which is probably the first thing that went wrong. But yeah, it's lovely. And it's, it's great that the government are doing these things. You know, let's lob £25 million into deprived towns and cities. Crazy stat I heard. Apparently, the whole East Coast uh, hasn't grown since the recession. So it's still at the same GDP as the financial crisis. So like Manchester, Lincoln, these places have risen up since the recession, right? But the East Coast hasn't. I feel like it's taken the same kind of route that places like Tenerife have taken, where it's like 10 years ago, they were the tourist attraction and everyone used to go there. And now like it still looks the same, but it's now 10 years older. So everything's just a bit beaten down. And Well, Brad, Brad gave me the stat. He said that these coastal towns were meant for wealthy people to have holiday homes. Um, so they were quite low cost properties. What actually happened was people bought them for their full time home. So rather than having high net worth individuals being there during the summer, what you actually got was lower income people living there full time. Uh, that's the statistic. Um, I don't know how true that is for Mablethorpe, but that was the coastal in general. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so that's kind of the way it's all gone. Um, but it's interesting walking around, having fish and chips and talking to locals and being part of the community. 
Uh, but that's kind of that. That's that. That I'm on. I'm on that board. Um, there's rumours that the Lincoln one's gonna. I might be on the Lincoln board as well, which would be interesting. It's just good to meet these people, you know. It's good to have that in the back pocket as well, saying oh, I can be on the Lincoln board because I've already been on this board and done these things. But the thing is, I said to my dad like last night. I called him up and said, look, it's good. It's showing that as a business person, I'm growing when boards like this are asking me to be on them because you know the chair lady is the largest egg producer in the UK. She has 17 million eggs a week or something. So like this is the level of business there is, and then it's kind of like I'm on the board, and it's a it's a real honour to be there, and it's good fun. It's just it's and I'm not used to being on these level of boards, you know. I'm used to four or five people around a room discussing what's happening in the in an organisation rather than being on a forty person board about a town. So it's a good it's a good levelling up for me. It's a good like bit of experience. I do feel like it's good though that you. It's well, not that I can speak from being there, but it sounds like you speak the same to the five people as you do the forty people, which a lot of people that would be quite daunting because whereas in a room of five you could make yourself the big voice in a room of 40 there could be two or three people that want to do that so that's exactly it and i'm always be the same the same outspoken individual that just wants to get things done um and speaking of getting things done like i had a um a guy called jack uh he has a company called happy boy productions like a new startup video company um plug 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 um, i've been i've been, been seeing this stuff for quite a while he did an entrepreneurship course at the bg if you look at our old vlogs i don't know what it'd be like Log thirty or something. It was a long time ago. A long now. time ago, yeah. He he came in with his um he was in a university course on team entrepreneurship where basically you get some money and you start a business. A university, which I won't comment on that, but it seems a bit silly to go and fifty grand worth of debt to start a business. Um but we you know each their own. Uh, I've told him this. And um where was I? Oh yeah, he came in for some advice and he's doing he's doing a daily vlog as, as well to try and create his uh, startup journey. And uh, he asked us some advice on how he should start if you should hire someone, gave me all his financial information to be fair to him so I can give him some real accurate readings. And um, it got got me back to a point when we first started, which is, I, I've never mentioned this story because Sam never heard it. Uh, and I think it's worth mentioning. When we first started, me and Brad, we needed an office space. We were working in Cafe Nero. Um, and we realized we were spending too much money on coffee that we could just buy an office. And someone told us that it was a office space in Lincoln, which was 80 pounds a month to go there. And we're like, oh, this is amazing. Let's go get an office. And to do that, you had to go through a board approval. So you had to go there and be like, you know, I'm Pete, this is Brad. We run a business called Chatty Imp. Um, can we have an office? And he went through the financial projections and, you know, you did a full pitch procedure for this. And in the um, panel, there was the head of enterprise. There was a, a bank manager of some form and there was an accountant of some form. And you had to pitch these three people. And depending on what they said, you either had the office or didn't have the office. Um and the reason I thought this story is because I told him he should get an office there because it worked really well for his business. And it reminded me, actually, that we got rejected from that. Uh, that the panel actually said no. Uh, we couldn't have an office. And the reason they said no was because the university was concerned that we wouldn't be able to focus on our studies because we were starting a business. To which my answer was, if I don't have an office, it'll be more of a distraction because I'll have to find an office. Then they said, one of the guys, and I won't mention who it was, said, uh, I think your name's silly. Where I'm from, chatty means, what's the correct A word you can't say. A word I can't say. And I was like, what? And we all looked at each other like, what are you talking about? And the other two people were like, not where I'm from. And we have researchers since then, and I don't think anyone else has. No it. one has. And we, after this meeting, I went to speak to the team, and they're like, it does not mean that. Like, So this guy, anyway, so this guy rejected us, and I... In, Luckily, you know, you, you run around and you beg enough people and have a few contacts at the university because I was a student there and I got an office anyway for 80 quid a month. But the question that Jack asked, which got me really thinking, was 
would you have grown the business today if you hadn't had the office? And I asked Brad this, and he said, I don't know. And I genuinely don't think we would have. Because if we didn't have an office, we couldn't have hired our first member of staff. We couldn't have had our meetings there. We couldn't. We were there for about a year and a bit. And we wouldn't have been able to grow it because we'd have been still in Cafe Nero and all the other business uh, office blocks were taken. I don't think that someone like Ben would want to go no. to work nine to five in Cafe Nero. Exactly. So it was, no, I don't think the answer is without that. And I see this guy every now and again. And the reason it reminded me of him, because I saw him at the board yesterday, because he was on this board with this Mablethorpe thing. And he never looks me in the eye, ever. Now, I don't think it's something because I said something to him once, or he realizes that he rejected me and I still got in. I don't, I don't know. But every time I see him, he just completely blanks me. Maybe he just didn't like you. Maybe he Maybe. was using the name thing as an excuse because he just did not like you. I mean, that wouldn't be unusual. <laughs> but he never looks at me. And even when I, you know, when I was piping up again, he just looked away from me. And it's really bizarre. And I don't know if it's because he realized that he did a terrible judgment call here. That him saying my business wasn't going to work and now here I am with it working is just an ego trip for him. But I see him everywhere. Um, I don't know. But imagine if I hadn't got the office space and I wasn't sat here because that idiot said no i hope he doesn't he doesn't listen to the podcast i don't know why i just thought of that <laughs> i hope he does yeah. i hope this person who hates us doesn't listen to this podcast yeah. he i, don't, I doesn't. don't think he does but yeah i mean that's you know it's crazy how these little dweebs can sometimes just you know change your plan <laughs> i love how you've gone from i'm not going to mention his name i'm not going to like say anything any details and you've gone i can't believe this dweeb. <laughs> god's sake um, but it's true though like I'm not, I'm not one to blame people you know you make your own look right but i mean when it's something as simple as there's one office space in lincoln i can have and this guy said no to me the look i got in anyway and to be fair like i was saying this to you after the meeting i was like 80 pounds a month for an office mm. that can help people make or break their business different game mate uh, especially when, because you said all the bills were included, yeah, internet's internet. included. Yeah. Like all you've got to worry about is eighty pounds a month. Yeah. Like you can you can do that like on the dole. Yeah, but I remember when it got to because what it did was well, this is quite funny looking back. It it scaled. It was something like first three months eighty quid, second three months hundred quid, second three months you know, next three months hundred and fifty quid, two hundred quid, three hundred quid, whatever it is. And it capped at three hundred quid. I remember when it hit the two hundred, I was nervous. <laughs> I mean, to be honest though, if after if after the six to nine months of growing your business, you can't pay two hundred quid, yeah, but got no. But it's true though because you're investing. This is what I'm saying. Like you're investing at such a rate of level when you're trying to grow it that yeah, these two hundred, these three or four hundred quid matter. Man. Yeah, you do have to think about it. You know, they matter, and you're obviously only early on the in the journey. So like, you know, it's crazy. You know, these little costs now were huge then. You know, Brad messaged me saying, "Oh, this, the." So we've hired two new people, which I'll go into in a minute, but we needed these extra special desks. So we've our desks down at the moment come in, come in fours. We needed just a two. And Brad texted me yesterday saying, oh, then bloody two desks are 580 quid. Well, that was that was two months. That was six months rent when I started. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. But um, moving on to that point, we've just... Um, a lot of you know we've done this thing with the college to create these next wave of digital marketeers. And it's very much my aim to create um, a course called the Distract Marketing course, which uh, will go live uh, probably September time. But as a test run, they've said, look, Pete, can you take a few people on board now? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So they did like a, a escape room sort of like um, plan to try and interview people. And I found three people I really liked the look of. And we took two of them on, uh, one for a social training and one for a search training. And um, they started today. And uh, I'm going to turn around and see if they're actually working. They are working very hard. Probably the hardest worker in the room, would you say? If you look at the right, room. yeah, because I'm up here, aren't I? So, 
Yeah. I think actually they're working hardest in the room, which is brilliant. <laughs> which means they've got, they've got passion for it. And the thing that I was made really aware of, one of the girls came in, it's a spider there, so I'm going to grab it. Thank you. Um, these podcasts are too informal now. Um, one thing I made really aware is we did a speed t- like dating thing to start with, right? And she came to me and she literally said, um, I've only come on this, this interview process to work at Distract. Anyone else here can offer me a job and I say no. That sounds like me when I joined, to be fair. It does sound like you. And I, well, she was my favorite anyway. So I don't want to say it, but I was like, well, what else do you need to say? So when we go behind the closed doors, right, and all the business owners are speaking, we're all going, who's your favorite, right? <laughs> and uh, this, everyone's going, this girl, this girl, this girl, this girl. And they're like, Pete, who's your favorite? And I was like, oh, this girl and this girl and this girl. And they were like, all oh, right, competition then. And I was like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, what? I was like, not really. And one of them was like, well, the only person I want is this girl. So if I don't get her, then I'm not going to hire anyone. And I was like, oh, that's, that's unfortunate, isn't it? Um, so luckily, we, we got we got two two guys that have started with us. And they're both, they both seem amazing, really passionate people. If you have listened to one of these podcasts, you would know that I literally hire on passion and determination. Because I think you can, you can teach skill, but you can't teach someone to be passionate. Yeah, well, I mean, if someone's gone into the room they've done their research and they've said the only person i want to work for is distract i mean that means they've looked at everyone else and they've gone nah i can't be bothered with that yeah it's I- only distract and that's it and you know they're going to work really really hard to be here and then one of the girls um came yesterday just to meet the team just turned up i don't know this but she just turned up and was like, oh hi yeah. guys which again shows another level of passion and these are the people you want within the organization and i spoke to a business we were looking at investing in the other day and I, he was doing the same thing through the college and he said to me oh you know we really wanted that girl and i said we're never going to get her and he said why i said because these people do not want to work for you they want to work in agencies and you'll never have them work for you they might work for you when they're 39 they ain't going to work for you when they're 20 it's not going to happen because they want to be in a fast-paced enthusiastic environment where everyone goes out and everyone's at a similar age and they're not going to work for you and the only way you can get that level of talented member of the staff is to hire an agency. It's simple as that. Um, and he understood it. And, 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 you know, if you are running an organization that's not an agency, you have to be understand the fact that the people that are the best in their business ain't going to work for your business. You're not going to get them unless you're the boohoo, you're misguided mm. of the world. And that's a completely different beast. But if you're a estate agent or if you're a small tech firm or you're a accountant, you're not going to get agency workers working for you and you have to admit that um which is why agencies exist because they still want the access to the same level of people they'll come to an agency to get them um but having the level of awareness to understand that is absolutely huge um one thing i wanted to know about it i mean i've seen tom's been floating around their desks this morning how do you intend to like train them up to the level so people at distract so the way so the way the course is it's uh it's two days a week here three days a week there uh, and then, but I've asked if I can have them three days a week here because I want to train them. They're going to do no client work for 24 weeks. Um, and the idea is that we put them through a real intense training process. So at the moment they're doing, um, they're literally just researching Facebook ads and Google ads at the basic level. And Tom will wander over there and answer any questions. And I'll just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing that. Um, my game plan is I want them to be able to do their Google qualifications in five weeks. Now, how long does it usually take to learn how to do a Google qualification? Well, I'm going to put them on full time. Just literally, they're going to be doing that every single day. I want them to be the best. And it's a bit of an ego trip for me, but I want those people to go back into their course for those three days or two days and be qualified before they even, the other people even know what Google Ads are. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I want yeah. them to be like, yeah, I'm fully qualified. And then you want everyone knocking on your door being like, how come these guys? Yeah. Now, obviously, they won't be, in four or five weeks, they won't be trained to do it on a client account, but they'll understand, they'll pass the Google test. Um, 
but that's all they're learning at the moment. Do you know I mean that's like it's on a full time for four or five weeks is only learning about Google Ads. You'll get pretty good pretty quick. So this could be my naivety, but how do people learn how to do the ads without doing the ads? Oh, you get like simulations and stuff. Oh, okay. So like Google have a full like training plan, and we have um, some training software that Tom worked with to create, and it's they literally you can probably you can probably see it now. They're like on it. So they'll be able to see everything and it, it breaks it all down, but they won't know anything for the first two or three weeks. It just will be like theory and simulations. And then they'll, and we'll give them like a dummy account to play around with and stuff. Um, but we'll see how it goes. It's the first time we've done this level of thing and we're just testing it all out. Um, but I'm trying to create like this, this training program now. And this could sound like quite a snaky question, but why would you want to set up a course with the um, college slash university, whatever your plans are, when you could just set them up here full-time or three days a week or um so my the truth is it's a branding technique so if i so if i have 30 people on a course and uh distract train them and qualify um go into the college and train them and then they all leave and they go thanks to jack for training me it was really appreciative whatever and 10 of those go become marketing managers and they want an agency are they going to go to the agency they don't know about or the agency that trained them that's my game plan it's a it's a lead generation for new business as well as just being a nice guy and training the marketing community um that's kind of the game plan on it um it's probably gonna cost uh, like a five to ten grand to get it going but i think it's um it's a good thing to do and look you can sit there and moan that there's no marketing skills in lincoln and we've got to develop them all and it's a great shame uh, and you can moan about it like everyone else does moans about a lot of things in lincolnshire uh, or you can do something about it and I've always been the person that's wanted to do something about things. So we can sit here and moan or we can do something about it. And these two guys sit in the room now are me beginning to do something about it. Um, and in September, hopefully there'll be 10, 15, 20 that I'm doing something about it. Uh, and then the next time there'll be 50 of them. You know what I mean? And this is just me not moaning and just getting on with it. Uh, and that's the way we should look at everything in, in life is just rather than rather than moaning, just shut up and do it. And it sounds it sounds like there's no ulterior motive for like profits or anything. Like I assume you're not charging the uni or anything like that for your time no. and your skills. It's just there probably is a way I can monetize it. Like if you if you want to get ruthless and be a, a private look at privatization, you could probably get a grand to two grand per student uh, a year. Probably um, so you have twenty get probably you know, forty grand out of it maybe. But um, that's not the alternative motive. The motive is to do something beneficial for the society. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, when you get more mar- people talking about marketing in, this, in an area, it's good for everyone. And if you're the top of that pile, then you you always win. It's like I always say, like you know, a good example is um, we work for a rapeseed oil brand, uh, the largest rapeseed oil manufacturer in the UK, have about 80% of the market. Uh, our marketing strategy for them is not to grow their brand, but grow rapeseed oil. Now, for every pound that's spent on rapeseed oil, 80p spent with them. So, who cares if someone goes and buys a bottle of the other 20%? Do you know what I'm saying? Let's look at the maths here. And if you look at Lincolnshire and go, I don't know, let's pull out, this is a, this is a fake number, but let's say that 51% of people who want marketing services come to distract in Lincolnshire. Well, if I just make marketing services more prominent and more aware of and people want to use agencies more, I still win. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just the game plan. Just make make it, people understand the, the, the sector a lot more. Uh, and it kind of goes back to my whole thesis at the moment, which is just getting on with it and shooting your shot. Like, you know, um, got a phone call about the college. Do you want to come and take part? Yeah, fine. I moaned a lot because people weren't getting things done. Like at this, like I said, at Mabel thought people people on boards just to moan and not really get much done. So I said, look, I'm going to start my own course, and then that's how the conversation rolls. It's like um, got I, I, I found someone I wanted to invest in. Uh, I sent an email saying I want to invest with this, 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 and this. 
Brad said I was going to get rejected. They said yes. I went for a new business meeting the other day. Uh, got on with the guy, got on with his family, etc. Um, he said he's raising some money. I said, that's too much, but I can't afford that amount. I said, but can you do this amount? And he goes, for you, yes, I will. I'm sh constantly shooting my shot. Uh, I'm, I'm shooting shots that people would think rejection would, be, would definitely happen. But the thing that I've learned over this time is that if you don't ask, you do not get. Mm -hmm. This building, I'm on a three-year lease. I asked for one-year free rent. They said no, but they gave me nine months anyway. There's nine months better than I would have got if I didn't ask. So I'm just constantly just asking for things that I, I should be rejected for. And the thing is, I, I, I don't care at rejection. Like, I will, I will ask, and if I get a no... Then I'll go. Oh, I, I so tried. At least you asked. Yeah. I don't. I don't fear rejection. Um, that goes to everything in my life. I remember when I was at uni, like I would, like if, if I fancied someone in a nightclub, I would just go up to them and ask them straight, and then they'd probably say no. They'd be like, "No, Pete, you're ugly." But okay, fine. And I'd walk away, and it it, it wouldn't matter to me. Like it, it didn't even remotely like affect me in any way. I've always just been fine with rejection, uh, or fine with failure, and it allows you to tee yourself up and just shoot your own shot. And that for me has been the secret of this month has been just having the ability to just to give it a go. And, you know, there's been four deals that we, we, should, we should get. Two have been signed off. Uh, there's two more that could be signed off. And all of them have been me shooting a shot I shouldn't be shooting. Anyone with a, anyone who's sane wouldn't have even asked the question. And two have already come off. And two could come off, which is crazy. Um, the deal I said, I think I said in the last podcast, I've got a deal that might be going through. I'll find out by the end of the, end of the, end of the week. Has come off. Um, congratulations. We made it. At what point can you disclose what it uh, is? The contract is this week. So once that's got pen and paper, we'll do a press release. Because you're being very, you're being very. It's because it's huge. I mean, yeah. you, are, you, you, you will, your mind will be blown. <laughs> your mind. I'm, will... I'm excited. Yeah, you should be. It's fucking huge. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So I've got a tax guy coming in today. He'll be in at one o'clock just to make sure that the way we're the way we're paying for it is it makes sense because when you are transporting money from a company to another company it's how you do that with the most tax efficient way for example if i spent money from distract to the company or if i take the money out and then i pay personally it's all different tax liabilities so he's just making sure it's right um etc um so yeah um really good fun the other thing we're doing at the moment is this marketing brunch uh, and, uh, you know, I've done this before, but like creating a community of marketers that can come to this office whenever they want, learn something every single month, meet other marketing uh, managers, no MDs are allowed, nothing else is allowed, you have to be a marketing manager. Um, and that's getting people like, really excited. And that launches in March. Um, it's just giving back to the community yet again. Uh, so it's really, it's really fun time, like loads going on, really busy. Um and yeah, I just really can't wait to tell everyone about these 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 movements. One I can't say for like two years. That's the one that's done. I just can't because of the way the contract is set up and of course. the complexities of it. But you're, it, you're not going to be able to open all doors. I mean, you can you can yeah. try as hard as you can to give as much information as possible. But there are some of things that just need to stay under wraps, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, you'll find out about it, obviously. But like other people, that probably oh, can't. Exciting. Yeah, but that'll be March probably when you find out. But then this other one, yeah, probably next week, week after. Uh, just need to get the contract sorted, which should be done soon enough. He was he wants to move forward really quickly, and then PR boys will do their thing. So, so yeah, uh, all go go go. How long has the podcast been so far? Half an hour. Perfect. So, um. I'm loving life, as everyone could probably tell at the moment. It's, it's tiring, it's fun. I'm a bit ill, and the reason I'm ill is because my body's saying, Pete, slow down. Stop working stupid hours, mate. Uh, so I'm on the Lemsip. Um, 
Drink, had, a, had a line yesterday. Had a line yesterday because I was honestly, I've, I never have sick days. And I didn't have a sick day to be fair. I had a uh, an hour extra in bed, and then worked from home for the morning before I travelled to Skegness. Uh, that's probably the first thing you should do is sort out the road network a bit better. It's fucking across road, up and down hills, and it's I think there's been fifty two deaths on that that road or something in two thousand nineteen. So it's a scary place to be. But um, so yeah, uh, all fun and games. Uh, if you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram. Really appreciate it. Um, and I'll speak to you next week.